You're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. To the Radio 1 Politics Show. It's just gone 2.32, and we're delighted to be joined by Dr. Jeff Noller to talk about some uh, cannabis policy. Uh, Jeff is a Dunedin-based um, medical anthropologist and independent researcher. He takes particular interest in the social use of drugs. Thank you for joining us. Kia ora. Uh, now, so what's your current work on the cannabis referendum at the moment? Uh, well, it's in- informal, really. I mean, obviously, um, you know, as you said in your intro there, I've, I've got a bit of an interest in this uh, area. Um, I found myself giving the occasional talk. I uh, got invited up to Timaru to do a talk up there at a, at a church hall that was, uh, had its uh, interesting moments. People, people yelling criminal across the room to people who outed themselves as using cannabis. Uh, I did a talk to the uh, Department of General Practice where I part- do some part-time research there and, and it was interesting. We had the most people they apparently they'd had for a, a, a talk at the department um, and uh, 70% of them were in favour of uh, cannabis reform so that was kind of interesting and uh, you know there's uh, appearances on Radio 1 as well so that's that's me at the moment. What do you think uh, the biggest misconceptions are about cannabis use? Gee you know I mean, it's a really complicated issue uh, and which is why we find ourselves in this quagmire really and um, I, I mean there's, there's no question that there are harms associated with cannabis and, and I think anybody who feels or believes otherwise um, they, they, you know they need a bit of a reality check on that however you know I think part of it is what are the extent of those harms relative to managing the issues around cannabis in a different way and and so yes there are harms but there's also harms associated with policy. Uh, and um, you know, people say, "Oh well, um, you know, we, we don't want to reform the cannabis laws." And and what are the things that people who are in that situation would be um, wanting to support? That would be uh, they wouldn't want young people accessing cannabis, you know, fifteen-year-olds, etc. They'd want uh, they wouldn't want strong cannabis, very potent cannabis, to be available. They wouldn't want uh, people getting off at other drugs and, and all these kinds of things. But if you think about it. If you're voting no, you're basically handing it over to to people who who don't do any of those things anyway. So so maybe the misconception is that the current law is effective, uh, and it's actually not. Mm. Um, I guess another question: What insights can we gain from the Dunedin study to help inform our votes in the cannabis referendum? Yeah, well, that's a really good question, Michaela. And and you know, I, I think that um, we're very fortunate in New Zealand to have um, two of the the, the best or best quality uh, studies in the world that have looked at cannabis use, uh, the long-term out- outcomes from uh, cannabis use. And I think um, you know the insights that come out of those studies uh, are first of all around the fact that um, you know something like eighty percent of New Zealanders who were born in the 70s and in that period on have you have tried cannabis. So so it's very hard to say the law uh, is effective in that regard. Uh, and in fact, um, when they looked at the people who had been caught up in the law in relation to uh, cannabis charges, they found that basically none of them or a very small percentage of them actually changed their, their behaviour. So so the idea of the law being effective, I think, has been, uh, you know, they've, they've popped that balloon. Um, on the other hand, um, it's evident, of course, that there are people who suffer consequences, uh, you know, negative health consequences from cannabis use, and it's very clear, you know, to be what those are and and, and the that study uh, which recently published a paper that's down free downloadable um, you know you can go to the website and or you just go online to Google or something and say you know um, uh, long-term studies uh, cannabis referendum and you'll you'll find that paper and they go through the harms but they also talk about the harms that um, generated by policy as well. Uh, young people, particularly young Māori men, um, finding themselves caught up in the justice system and so on. So there's a, a lot of important insights there that relate on the one hand to the, to harms, but, but, but put those harms in context and then also start looking at the harms associated with policy. 
Um, I guess following on from that, the specifics of the bill, that's what we'll look at if this referendum passes. So would there be any changes that you would make to the bill? Well, you know, it's an interesting one because I think one of the things is that people don't appreciate is the bill is actually still up for negotiation. In fact, if if the referendum does pass, and at this stage I would actually suggest that it's going to be lucky to pass, it probably wouldn't pass at this point, I'd say. It's it's very close, but probably the no's have it at the moment. Um, What people don't appreciate is is that if it did pass, then there would be a period of submission to Parliament and so on, and, and, you know, so people would be having an opportunity to ask questions, to put forward their views, and an opportunity opportunity to change stuff um, I, you know so at this stage I personally I'm not I wouldn't say oh well let's get rid of this or that my thought is let's see what happens if it goes through and then look at it um, main thing for me really I suppose is to make sure that um, large cannabis uh, growing operations don't dominate the market but there's provision in there to avoid that too with regard to people having only 20% of the market share at the most so there are some safeguards in there you just mentioned there the um that potentially the no's have it here. What's the future if it is a no vote uh, for cannabis um, reform? Well, you know, first uh, um, legal issues or laws around cannabis in New Zealand, 1927, with the Dangerous Drugs Act. Uh, 50 years later, the uh, Misuse of Drugs Act, 1975. 45 years later, here we are now. So the future isn't looking particularly good for reform if it doesn't go through now. Uh, and you'd have to say, you know, what, what would be the consequence? Well, more of the same, several hundred million dollars spent on a program that doesn't work. Uh, young people uh, exposed to cannabis. Um, you've, of course, you've got the synthetic cannabis that's here as well now, thanks to those gutless bastards in Parliament who voted against the Psychiatric Substances Act a few years ago, and we've now had 100 people die because of those. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the environment isn't particularly safe, it's actually probably less safe than it's been for a long time, and if the reform uh, doesn't go ahead, it's just going to be more of the same. How does the um, cannabis referendum, in your opinion, fit alongside the smoke-free Aotearoa 2025? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. Um, it's a little bit of a red herring in a way. I mean, there's multiple ways to uh, consume cannabis with, without smoking it. You know, you've got vaporisers, you've got edibles and, and, and so on. So so on the one hand, you could say it doesn't sit that easily alongside that, that uh, legislation. Then again, the provisions of the bill, as they are at present, uh, mean that, that the smoke-free uh, stuff uh, typically applies, certainly in public places, um, and the bill will not will not uh, permit uh, cannabis to be consumed publicly. It's got to be consumed in, in, in uh, either your private residence or in a specifically uh, dedicated space for that. So I, I don't see that that's a huge issue. Yeah, and uh, do you think legislation, uh, legalisation is preferable over decriminalisation or, or shifting drug-related charges to a restorative system? Well, the thing about the, the um, decriminalisation and so on, you know, there's various, there's multiple forms of, of all these types of policies when it comes to cannabis. Um, but, but, you know, you're still involving, in, in moving in that, that direction, you're still in involving the law in a behaviour which um, you know 80% of the population apparently ignore anyway or have ignored um, you know at least once in their lives Uh, and it doesn't um, particularly lend itself to the kind of open communication around the issues associated with cannabis that a a legal environment does so so I think legalisation I think in a way, I mean, you know, we've got alcohol that's legal. It's it's orders of magnitude more harmful than cannabis, not simply because alcohol. Um, I, I think really, you, my thought would be to try and bring these um, behaviours with these substances into some kind of consistent approach, uh, and, and and a way of doing that with cannabis is to legalise it. 
If the referendum is uh, voted for, um, there's a yes vote, um, once the bill passes and is enacted, what do you envision the successful market looking like? What should we be cautious about? I just think one thing that I would have loved to have seen that I know that the bill doesn't enable is around exporting, because I would love to see us leverage that <coughs> in a time of, of economic recession. What, what would you think? Yeah, no, that's a really good point, actually, and, and I think there are some things like that. You know, there's a whole lot of um, kind of business-oriented or, or industry-oriented stuff that, that could be engaged with um, in the um, if, if, if the vote did go to a uh, positive outcome. Um, so, so yeah, that, in terms of the market, I, certainly you wouldn't want a vigorous commercial market, and that's not what they're aiming for, like, like for example, in the United States, and, uh, which is a train wreck, you know, and, and there's all these people promoting all these different products, and you certainly don't want to go there. Um, I think the main thing is, 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 you know, if people want to use cannabis, well, most people who want to use cannabis already do, but if people want to use cannabis, keep it on the down low, um, you know, try not to make a big deal out of it, and, and have it as as, as, as non-commercial as possible, and that's, that's, I think, what you've really got to do. At the same time, if you can export uh, product, you know, that's that's an option as well for places that perhaps have a different policy to what we might end up with. Well, thank you very much, Jeff. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for, but it's a fascinating area. To, it packages up so many ideas as well, doesn't it? There's a lot. Yeah, look, just one final thing before we go. Uh, if people are sitting on the fence, you know, there's a couple of great sites to go to um, to find out. It's not up for me to tell people what to think about. I have my own views, which, of course, I, I, I believe it's an important uh, change to make. But the uh, Prime Minister's Chief Science Advisor, if you go Prime Minister, Chief Science Advisor, Cannabis, uh, you'll pick up their website, and they've got a vast amount of information there and a nice video you can watch as well if you don't like to read too much stuff. Alternatively, you can download that um, longitudinal study uh, paper um, as well. Just put in, uh, you put in something like Poulton, that's the lead author, P-O-U-L-T-O-N and uh, referendum Cannabis New Zealand you pick that up as well there's a lot of information out there my thought is try and make your own choices about it and try and be informed about those choices Thank you very much that's Dr Jeff Noller a Dunedin based researcher talking about uh, cannabis policy thank you very much That was a Radio 191 FM podcast you can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast <laughs>